Hey, what's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt, Thursday, August 30th, 2018. I am your host, Quentin, coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios, and we're going to talk us a little bit of baseball today. We're going to talk a little playoff baseball today, because I know you're busy at work, I know I'm busy at work, and it's really difficult to stay on top of this whole baseball thing, especially in the National League, because one team is in the wild card today, then another team's there tomorrow, and who knows what's going on with the Major League Baseball playoffs. So we're going to go over the playoffs. We're going to go over what this thing might look like, who we think might win the World Series. Apologies ahead of time, because we're likely to jinx your team. It's kind of like The Ring. You know the movie The Ring, the horror movie. If you watch the video, you're going to die. Well, it's like that with your baseball team if you're listening to The Greatest Show Under podcast, because if I name your team, I might jinx the whole thing, and it's my apologies ahead of time. Us baseball folk, we're real, real superstitious. I wore it during the 2016 Cubs playoff run, the same Cubs shirt, didn't wash it at all, and it smelled awful. You know, it smelled like a Mexican restaurant. It had gravy stains on it from the biscuits and gravy meal, which is basically what powers me in my everyday life is biscuits and gravy, the greatest food in the whole planet. And the thing basically looked like a baby's bib. But you know what? You have to do what you have to do for your team. Like, am I right? You know, you don't. Like, do you think when Michael Jordan played the flu game, he said, oh, I'm going to sit this one out? Or when Kurt Schilling had his bloody sock and he said, oh, you know, I'm going to sit this one out because my foot kind of hurts and I'm bleeding through my sock. No, those guys persevered and they made it happen for their teams. And that's what I do for my team. So, you know, if it's bacon grease on a T-shirt, sweaty, let's say I smell really bad. But if my team's winning, I what would that do to my team if I took a shower when my team was on a winning streak or washed my favorite cub shirt? that has the you know the gravy stains and smells like a chicken enchilada why if i washed that shirt and my team would lose like how selfish of a move would that be you know my wife might not want to get close to me for the next you know month you know for the whole month of october our relationship might be strained and we might have to go to counseling but that's just part of being an athlete you know and i like to call myself an athletic fan and i hope you're an athletic fan too so Before I jinx your team and go into what I think might happen in the baseball playoffs, find your superstition and latch on to that superstition. So if you're a Cardinals fan, maybe go out and trap a rabid squirrel or something like that. If you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan, eat a cheesesteak every day. Every single day, you might have to eat a Philly cheesesteak, no matter where you live, if you're a Phillies fan. Eat a Philly cheesesteak every day. I don't care what happens to your waistline. I don't care if you capture a rabid squirrel and he bites you and you may or may not turn into the human version of Cujo. It doesn't matter when it's playoff baseball. And that's where we're at, my friends, is playoff baseball. So let's get into the shindig right now. If the regular season were to end right now, here's your playoff picture. The American League division winners, Boston Red Sox, Cleveland Indians, Houston Astros, Wild card teams, New York Yankees, Oakland Athletics. Those are your five American League playoff teams. National League division winners, Chicago Cubs, Arizona Diamondbacks, Atlanta Braves. Wild card teams, damn it, St. Louis Cardinals, and then the Milwaukee Brewers. All right, so those are your 10 playoff teams, right? So here's what we've got. 
So first, I'm going to jump into this. Who I think the wild card winner is going to be. So if the Cardinals and Brewers were to play today in a wild card game, who do I think is going to win that game? The St. Louis Cardinals will win that wild card game against the Milwaukee Brewers. They've got uh, Luke Weaver and Carlos Martinez now in the bullpen. Aaron Hicks throwing 105.1. That's not your favorite rock and roll radio station. That's his fastball. And he means business with it. And he pitches the contact. Really, really soft contact. Like the softest jazz that you would hear in an elevator. That's the contact he's pitching to. Jordan Hicks pitches to a very romantic contact. (laughs) That's what he does. I like St. Louis in that situation. I think if the starting pitcher that the Cardinals would probably send out there would be um, Miles Michaelis, I believe. Could be Blackjack Flaherty. I would put Blackjack Flaherty out there myself. And then with the pieces they have that they can use in the bullpen, St. Louis is going to win that. They're too hot. Harrison, Tater Top Bader, um, you know, the team's going to do the trick. They've got a really good defense out there, good pitching. And with the Brewers, you know, they've made some additions. Christian Yelich went six for six yesterday and hit for the cycle, which is completely bonkers to go six for six in a major league baseball game. But, you know, their starting pitching's too much in the air. They've had too many injuries. Their bullpen's completely gassed. Corey Knable, their all-star closer, He's in AAA. That's not a good sign. The Brewers are too volatile. I don't trust their situation. And quite frankly, I don't like them. So St. Louis is going to be it, right? Okay. Your American League wildcard team. Okay, this one's going to lose me some friends and spark some controversy. So you've got the New York Yankees and the Oakland Athletics. Season ends today. These dudes, they play each other in the wildcard game. They're going to play in the Bronx because the Yankees have a better record. Who do I think is going to win that game? The Yankees were in the wild card game last year. They played the Twins. Oh, Luis Severino got a little shook up in the first, but the Yankees ended up winning it, and it was a phenomenal baseball game. But I think in the AL wild card game this year, I think we're going to get a little bit of a surprise, and I'm going to ride the Nick Papa Giorgio hot hand on this one, and I'm going to pick the Oakland Athletics to win the American League wildcard game. Who are they going to pitch? I don't know who the Oakland Athletics would start in a wildcard game. It could be Sean Manaya if he's healthy. I'm not too sure, but if the season ended today, it wouldn't be Manaya. He's on the disabled list. Sean Manaya has been the Oakland Athletics' best starter this season. Um, prior to going on the disabled list last week, he was the only starter in the rotation that it actually stayed in the rotation the entire year and he's also the cat that pitched that no-no against the Red Sox which is has to be the best pitching performance out of the whole entire season because if you haven't seen the Boston Red Sox play they play baseball like they hate baseballs they hit them really far really hard they're more destructive bats in that lineup than any other team in baseball. It's like a horror movie over there. This is awful. They got a guy named Steve Pierce from the Blue Jays who was, who was good over in Toronto. Then he comes over to Boston and is just yoking ball after ball. They got, they got a good team over there, man. They got loaded. The, the Red Sox won weak points, probably Eduardo Nunez. I think he's playing over at third base, and he's his defense isn't that good. He's a well below league average hitter. Like That's a weak spot for them for sure, but... They've got J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts. Ever heard of them? Yeah. They can hit baseballs really far, and they hit them really good. Mookie Betts has the best hand-eye coordination in all of Major League Baseball, and he will, he should, 
be your American League MVP, but I don't know. It could go J.D. Martinez, too. I think they'll, maybe they'll be co-MVPs. I don't know, but J.D. and Mookie Betts, they're an all-time tag team, and if you've listened to the podcast, you know my favorite tag teams are the Rockers, the Legion of Doom, Demolition, and, well, Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez are doing pretty damn good in the way of tag teams. But I am going to go with the Oakland Athletics in this because the only player I care that they're going to pitch is Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan is their closer. Blake Trinan right now, okay, Fangraphs has a stat called win probability added. Now, I'm not about to nerd out on you, but this stat does require a little bit of attention because if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you um, don't live in Oakland and you're probably my mom. So here's what I'm going to tell you about Blake Trinan and why this win probability added stats matter. Okay. Not a lot of people get a chance to watch Oakland A's baseball. And that's why I kind of want to explain this stat and explain to you exactly who Blake Trinan is. So win probability added I don't know how they figured out, but it's this stat that looks into pitchers pitching in high leverage situations and seeing how well they perform because it's those high leverage situations that really tell the story of how's this team going to do when the pressure's on and can they pull out wins when the pressure's on. And when it comes to win probability added, pitching in the clutch basically being Michael Jordan on the mound, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, just name any clutch athlete you want and insert here. Blake Trinan has a higher win probability added than Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, Edwin Diaz, Aaron Nola. Those are four really good pitchers, and Blake Trinan's outperforming them all in that stat. He has an ERA that's lower than one. It's about a .97. It's strictly a video game statistic. That's how Blake Trinan's pitching. But the bullpen itself for Oakland's done pretty good. They got a guy named Lou Trevino who pitches pretty well. Of course, you've got Blake Trinan. Um, Daniel Mangden, they just called him up from AAA, but he's actually been inserted in the starting rotation because of injuries. They got a guy named Frankie Montas who's doing pretty good in the starting rotation. Then surprises with Edwin Diaz and Trevor Cahill, but the bullpen pieces that I kind of see the most that I like with their pretty good one-two punch is Lou Trevino and Blake Trinan. Lou Trevino, he's a younger guy. I think he actually might be a rookie this year. But I like Oakland in this situation. Oakland's going to be the team that can start probably Sean Manaya or possibly Edwin Diaz, or excuse me, Edwin Jackson in the wild card game, and I think their bullpen will do it. The only thing that scares me about the Yankees is the injuries they've had. So their momentum is a little step back right now. Their momentum's been hurt. And, you know, depending on, I think Didi and Gary Sanchez are expected to come back maybe later this weekend or next week, I believe. But it makes me nervous with the Yankees because they've had so many key pieces out. So to try to piece this team together when everyone's healthy and make it happen isn't really a solution that works. The Washington Nationals' main problem was they had so many injuries, and once they got the crew back together, well, things just weren't really flowing. It's kind of been like that with the Dodgers, too. There's no way that you could have told me at the beginning of this season that there's a chance the Dodgers wouldn't make the playoffs because I would have laughed in your face. Like, the Dodgers are really good. There's no way. But 
As it stands right now, the Dodgers aren't in the playoffs. I think they're two and a half games out. But I like the Oakland Athletics to win the wild card game. I don't think the Yankees can win it two years in a row. And also, I just think there's too much stuff going on with injuries with that team. Aroldis Chapman, he got a PRP shot, I believe, in his knee maybe a week, week and a half ago. So, you know, with Aroldis Chapman being hurt, Luis Severino, he has been mortal recently. I would say if you look at his last maybe six starts, maybe eight starts, you'd scratch your head and say, what the hell's happening? So he's kind of, he's not a, Luis Severino's not a bad pitcher, right? But he's probably got a, maybe a 3-3 ERA and has shown signs of being mortal. And I know he has a tendency, Luis Severino does, to get a little overhyped, which is what happened to him in last year's wildcard game. So if Luis Severino's not there for you 100%, then you might have to go on possibly a guy like J.A. Happ, who has given up about five runs tonight against the Tigers. You've got CeCe Sabathia, who actually... I could totally make the case if you're the Yankees to throw him in the wild card because I'm an armchair GM and know everything, right? I understand how that sounds. Brian Cashman's a genius. And obviously, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone would heavily consider putting CeCe Sabathia in that role because that's a guy that can give you four or five innings of good baseball. You know, it's a dude that can get you two times through the lineup, and the Yankees have a deep bullpen, and that can't really be argued Next on that, if I were to pick, at that point, you would have the Red Sox playing the Oakland Athletics because they have the best record in all of baseball. So your wild card team is going to play the number one seed, and then the Indians would play the Houston Astros. Trevor Bauer, I don't know if he's going to pitch the rest of the season. If Trevor Bauer wasn't injured, I could definitely would give the Cleveland Indians a little bit more of a chance in here, but I don't see the Indians stopping the Houston Astros. If you haven't watched a lot of Houston Astros baseball this year, they don't care if it's the first inning or the ninth inning to them. Like, I don't even think they see the inning. I've, I've never just randomly tuned in and watched a team play and come back in the ninth inning than what the Houston Astros do. My favorite thing in the world to do If I'm ever on the MLB app and I'm scrolling through and the Astros are getting their asses kicked and it's the ninth inning, I automatically turn to that game because the Astros, what seems like every ninth inning, give them a run for their money. And because they just did this thing last year and they're a team that seems to really just find a thrill in playing from behind, Alex Bregman is the ultimate clutch player, I think, in the league right now. He just loves to hit in the ninth inning and he's... Dude's a scrapper, man. He's a hustler. He's tough. He can hit. Um, you're going to talk about this guy. He's, you know, he's he very well might get MVP, MVP votes this year. He's been, with Altuve being injured, Correa hasn't really had a dominant bat this year. And, you know, you also have George Springer in that lineup. But I would say your most important offensive person right now, the guy that's really made this thing run is Alex Bregman. You know, it's really with Altuve being injured for a little bit this season. Alex Bregman's been the guy there that's just been bashing baseballs and doing work. So I like Houston to beat Cleveland for sure. So Houston will go to the American League Championship Series. And then if I had to pick between the Oakland Athletics and the Boston Red Sox to go to the ALCS, I'm going to be rooting for the Oakland Athletics because I love a good underdog baseball story. I'm talking like 
Rocky Balboa, Ivan Drago, like any underdog story, Mighty Ducks, like you've got to love it. And the Oakland Athletics right now, they're the Mighty Ducks. So I'm going to be rooting for them. But I don't think that they've got the firepower to stop those Boston Red Sox bats. But the Red Sox did get swept by the Tampa Bay Rays last weekend. And I think even lost a game, almost lost two games to the floor, to the Miami Marlins. I like to still call them the Florida Marlins. So the Red Sox are human, don't get me wrong. But man, it just seems like there's too many bats in that lineup. So obviously your ALCS is going to be the Red Sox and the Astros. Now, if I have to try to somehow pick the NLCS, let's walk through this right now. The Chicago Cubs are the number one seed would be the number one seed in the National League. So they would play the winner of the wild card game. So you would get a phenomenal Cubs-Cardinals NLDS. And on the other side of that, you would get the Diamondbacks and the Braves. When it comes to the Cubs and the Cardinals in the NLDS, if I had to put my life on the line and pick a team that would win this, I don't know how comfortable I am putting my life on the line for the Chicago Cubs to win this shindig. Because their starting pitching is super, super shaky, right? So, John Lester, he's had a good season, but there are a lot of stats beyond just wins and losses and earned run average that tell me things are a little shaky because he's striking out less guys and he's giving up more home runs than he generally does. Scary situation when you've got some hot bats in St. Louis, so I don't trust it. Cole Hamels has been a godsend for the Chicago Cubs. He's... Uh, 4-0, I think, is a Cub. He has an earned run average of below one as a Chicago Cub, and I think that's maybe in five total outings. He might be at six outings now with the Chicago Cubs, I believe, six outings, and still is carrying an earned run average below one. But it's this starting pitching that makes me a little nervous. So last season, they got Jose Quintana, and that was a big trade with the Chicago White Sox because the Cubs had a top prospect named Eloy Jimenez, who they dealt for Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana, his when he was a White Sox, that last half season he was a Chicago White Sox, you can tell that he wasn't pitching really well under pressure. When guys would get on base, he would get super flustered. Simply put, Jose Quintana is not good pitching under pressure, and I don't like him pitching under pressure. So where I'm getting at is this. The Cubs, bull, the Cubs pitching staff is so shaky right now I would consider not putting Jose Quintana in the starting rotation in the playoffs and instead going with Mike Montgomery. And that's a bold move because this is a guy you acquired. And as it turns out, Jose Quintana is to the Cubs what Sonny Gray is to the New York Yankees. He's not performing really well, and he's not an arm you can trust in a pressure situation. So with that being said, what the Cubs starting rotation would look like is you'd have Cole Hamels, who I like, John Lester, who can go one way or the other. We really have no idea. Your third starter is going to be Kyle Hendricks, who's been giving up a lot of home runs this year, which has been his big problem. He had an earned run average in 2016 of, I believe, 2.13, and this year it's over four. He's The home runs are hurting him for sure. And then your fourth starter is a bullpen guy, right? So that tends to be a problem. But the Cubs can afford totally to pull Mike Montgomery out of the bullpen and let him go in the starting rotation. But the St. Louis Cardinals, here, here's what I think, right? The Cubs have Daniel Murphy. 
and he's their main offensive output right now. He, him and David Bodie are your main offensive guys. With the St. Louis Cardinals having Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty and knowing what the Cubs' offense looks like, how shaky and suspect it could be, for this reason in the NLDS, I will, if I had to put money on it, I'm going the St. Louis Cardinals to beat the Chicago Cubs because of the starting rotation, 100%. And also, the Cardinals seem to have kind of maybe fortified their bullpen a little bit with Carlos Martinez and Luke Weaver, which are two guys that have been two good starters at one point for the St. Louis Cardinals, but they're not necessarily needed right now by the Cardinals because if the Cardinals had four guys to start in the playoffs, a four-man rotation, you would run Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, you would run, they got a guy named John Gant that they're pitching. Michael Waka is going to be back soon, and I know I'm missing somebody else. They started a guy named Aaron Bomber or something like that. Either way, I would say their four guys would be Waka because Waka will come back. He'll be, he would be pitching for the playoffs. So you'd have um, Miles Michaelis is probably your number one guy, Flaherty your number two, and then you would run Waka your number three guy. And then have um, maybe John Gant be your fourth guy, possibly. And then in the bullpen, you've got um, Bud Norris, Jordan Hicks, Carlos Martinez, Luke Weaver, Adam Wainwright. It's a, it's a stout bullpen for sure, and they're going to know how to shut the Cubs down. And just because of the Cubs' offensive woes, on top of their starting pitching just being a little sketchy, um, the, you know, the only thing they can really go for the Cubs is this with – the St. Louis Cardinals having young bats. We know how young bats are. Young bats are generally feast or famine. That's it's just the nature of it. And that a Cubs Cardinals series would be phenomenal to watch. But right now, I would pick the St. Louis Cardinals in that matchup. Now, if we're talking the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Atlanta Braves and the other half of this National League Division series, I'm going to go the Arizona Diamondbacks because of the Diamondbacks starting pitching and because they've of the guys they have that seem to be getting hot, right? So if I'm talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks, you've got a starting pitching staff of Zach. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's start this from the top who I think. Okay, their their best starter this year has been Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin's a stud and Patrick Corbin, no one's really ever talked about him when it comes to the Cy Young because obviously he's not going to win it. But this season, Patrick Corbin's been pretty close to being in the same caliber as starters. As Patrick Corbin essentially has pitched like a true number one. I'm not saying he's as good as DeGrom or Scherzer, but if you were to name the top four starters in the National League, you would go Nola, Scherzer, DeGrom, Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin's been a stud. Zach Granke's thrown 168 innings of sub-three earned run average ball. Clay Buckholes has been a pleasant surprise. He's thrown 87 innings, and he's thrown to about a two-earned run average. And then you've got two other guys in Robbie Ray and Zach Godley who had phenomenal seasons last year. Robbie Ray's been injured, so he's only tallied about 80-something innings. Zach Godley has been off for a big portion of the year, but I would say out of his last six or seven starts, he's had maybe four or five quality starts, and three of those starts have been seven innings of no to one run ball. So Zach Godley's seeming to turn a corner. I think when it comes to starting pitchers and a starting pitching staff in the National League, the Arizona Diamondbacks have the best 
starters that would make the playoffs in this scenario of the season ending today, the Arizona Diamondbacks would indeed have the best starting rotation. But on top of that, you've got a few guys in their lineup that seem to be hitting pretty good. People talk about David Peralta just bashing the baseball. I don't know much about his stats. I know right now, I mean, he's a 300 hitter with 25 home runs. He's second on this team in home runs. Paul Goldschmidt's batting 290 after a slow start. He's got 30 home runs on the year. The offense on this team, huge questions about, you know, J.D. Martinez obviously not being signed again. But the team's found out a way to do it. They got Eduardo Escobar from Minnesota, who I think might still lead all of baseball in doubles. Right, The guy's a double machine. He can definitely hit the ball for sure. Steven Souza Jr. is going to be super important down the stretch for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was a four-win player last year. He's been hurt most of this season, but past few games I've watched him, he's really turned it on both offensively and defensively. I think he's even lead, batting leadoff for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, And Steven Souza Jr., he's truly an energy guy. If you look at him, a guy that plays the outfield, heller defense, good offense, can bat leadoff. You always want, you know, kind of like the Cubs had in 2016 in Dexter Fowler, you want a guy that can set the tone for your team on the field in the clubhouse that has that energy. Steven Souza is a phenomenally positive guy, great energy. He's a funny dude, but he's also he's also a ball player, simply put. He's a hustler, damn good defender. He can put the bat on the ball, what seems to be doing pretty good now. And if they can get that four-win player coming into the postseason – and stay healthy. You've got a dangerous offense in the Diamondbacks. Pair that with their starting pitching and you're in trouble. So at this point, my prediction is this. Your ALCS is going to be the Astros and the Red Sox. And your NLCS would be the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks. And for everything I've just said, my World Series teams are the Boston Red Sox and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the winner of that World Series, I think, would be the Boston Red Sox. So remember all these predictions and probably how wrong they will be. But those are the strong points of the team. And I even actually wrote down some names of some guys that I thought would need to perform really well for a few of these teams. Right. So for the Boston Red Sox, for them to be at their best, they've got to have good pitching from David Price. He took a liner off the wrist yesterday. Not too sure how he's doing. But if David Price can somehow do what he's capable of doing in the postseason, that's going to be huge for them because if the Boston Red Sox go into the playoffs with a healthy Chris Sale, then a Rick Porcello close to who won the Cy Young, then running David Price, and you get good pitching out of those three guys right there, and we're, we're looking pretty good, and it's going to be dangerous. And, you know, I think that if the Boston Red Sox do falter, it would be on their starting pitching. We obviously know Chris Sale's had October woes. Historically, Chris Sale is not good as it gets in the fall. You can look at his stats over the years, even as far back as he was in Chicago on the south side. And as it gets like in September, August, September, he's not a good pitcher. No, he's a good pitcher. Chris Sale's not as good as he can be, right? But this year, you know, Alex Kors looked at his innings. They've put him on, you know, they haven't pitched him. 100, you know, over 100 plus pitches quite a bit. So it's not uncommon to see Chris Sale throw five innings and then get pulled. He's also spent some time on the disabled list with, I believe, shoulder inflammation. So as long as he can be healthy, I don't think Chris Sale's going to be tired. 
But Chris Sale, he can't do it all because, I mean, you could pitch the guy on three days rest and really ride him, but that's not going to work all of the way to the World Series. So what's really going to make a difference to me for this Boston Red Sox team is what they get out of David Price. Because Rick Porcello can, he can be iffy. You know, tonight he gave up two runs to, oh, who are the Red Sox playing tonight? Whoever the Red Sox are playing tonight, he gave up two runs promptly in the first inning. And, you know, those things are a little shaky. And Rick Porcello can kind of run a high ERA. I think his last start before tonight, or maybe two before it, he had thrown seven innings of like five earned run balls. So things can get a little shaky with Rick Porcello which is why, and I think when the pitchers are at their best, David Price can be a better pitcher than what Rick Porcello could be. So that's why, to me, it's so important that David Price is the wild card in this situation for the Red Sox, where if Price really struggles, then I think the Red Sox could be in trouble. But if he can go out and perform in the postseason like he has in the regular season for his whole career, you're going to see something really good. Oh, also tonight... Rick Porcello has given up four runs through five innings against the Chicago White Sox. Not really a good sign. Um, Stepping up to that for the Chicago Cubs, if Jose Quintana would pitch how he pitched on the south side all of those years, Jose Quintana could be a huge difference maker for the Chicago Cubs because without Quintana, you've got to have Mike Montgomery in your four-man starting rotation because Tyler Chatwood who is walks more people than a crossing guard outside of an elementary school, he can't be trusted for, like, garbage mop-up duty with a 10-run lead in the ninth. He just can't do it. And if Quintana can prove that he can pitch well here down the stretch, that would allow the Cubs to put Mike Montgomery in the bullpen because Mike Montgomery can kind of be an Andrew Miller stretch-type guy and give you multiple innings. And he, he's, a, he's a workhorse for the Chicago Cubs. So for me, Jose Quintana could be a huge difference maker for the Chicago Cubs. Also, when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks, if I'm looking at the Diamondbacks and saying, who are the important guys in this equation? To me, two huge difference makers could be Robbie Ray and Steven Souza Jr., right? So Robbie Way, Robbie Way had a great season last year. I believe he threw, he's a lefty. Robbie Ray is. He threw about 165 innings maybe last year of sub three earned run average ball. And with him being injured a pretty good amount of this year, he's back now. I think he's pitching pretty decent. But if if Robbie Ray can get back into the swing of things and produce this at the end of this season and in the postseason like he did last year in the regular season, he could be a huge different difference maker for the Diamondbacks and push them beyond the NLDS, the NLCS, and ideally to a World Series. But also, I like Steven Souza Jr. as being an important piece for the Arizona Diamondbacks as he comes off of injury just as he comes off injury just because of the production he brings but I love his personality right if you listen to the podcast you know I'm huge on stuff that's not data okay and a lot of that is what's a guy bring to the clubhouse personality wise and I love what Sousa brings because he's got such a positive personality he's he's that funny guy in the clubhouse that can loosen things up but he's also he's a baller he's not afraid to get dirty he'll take a hit by pitch he'll lay out his entire body in the field and he's a guy that brings that energy at the top of the lineup in the outfield defensively 
that that he that the energy he brings can infiltrate through the clubhouse, right? Nothing's more exciting than seeing an outfielder lay out and make a phenomenal catch, and that's how Steven Souza Jr. plays the game of Major League Baseball. And you've got to love a healthy Souza for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that in and of itself, those are a lot of the guys I like that are these wild cards that either haven't performed well this year or have been injured. And if they perform well, can really mean a lot for their team getting to the World Series. Um, shoot, but other than that, um, I think that, I think we'll probably go ahead and end this recording now. We're going to try to record again probably tomorrow, which will be on Friday. But either way, um, thanks for listening. I just kind of wanted to get out there a little bit of playoff picture, kind of the teams to look for. Um, this weekend of baseball is going to be super exciting. It's like we're to the point in baseball right now in the season where every game means something. And I don't know if there's another sport that's this exciting when the games actually mean something. And I'm not saying, right, here's what you know about baseball. There's 162 games. And when the Twins are playing the Cardinals in the middle of July, that game really doesn't matter. But right now, on a nightly basis, there are games that matter. If you look at the uh, wild card race for, say, the National League, you've got the Cardinals and the Brewers are the two wild card teams. But then you have the Rockies. They're a game and a half back. The Dodgers, your defending National League champs, they're two games back. And then the Phillies are three games back. So you've got your two wild card teams who are in the lead right now in the National League. But you've got three teams knocking on the door. And those three teams are good. The Phillies, Dodgers, and Rockies, they're damn good. And then in the American League, you know, the Yankees probably have the wild card locked up. But you've got a little bit of battle with the Athletics and the Mariners. The Mariners are five and a half games out of that second wild card spot right now. And the question is that everyone wants to know, right, are the Oakland Athletics real? Can they keep this up and get to the postseason? And that's the race you're looking at in the American League wild card now because the Mariners have a good team and they're only five and a half back with we probably have about 30 games left here in the regular season. But that's an exciting race as well in the American League because you've got these two underdog teams. And I say the Mariners are an underdog team because they're running at a minus 48 run differential. So you've got the top dog Yankees. And it's really a matter of who's going to challenge the Yankees in the wild card game which the wild card games, I cannot wait to watch the wild card games. They're the most exciting thing in sports. Like a one game winner take all, you're either going home or you're going to Boston. And this is huge. So a very exciting race in both the American League and National League wild card races. And that's part of the reason why baseball is this must watch now because you want to turn on the TV and see, hey, did the Cardinals win? Did the Brewers win? Did the Phillies lose? Did the Braves lose? Like, what did the Cubs do? Like, what's going on on a nightly basis? Because these races are so tight, and they're so good. And just this weekend alone, you've got the Cubs playing the Phillies, which could be a potential postseason matchup. You've got the Mariners playing the Oakland A's, which are in this wild card run. And then you also have the Diamond Packs playing the Dodgers. And they're also in a tight divisional race. If you look at this National League West the Dodgers are one game out 
of the NL West lead, and the Rockies are only a half game out in the NL West lead. So right now, the NL West is tight. You've got the NL Central, the Brewers, Cardinals, and the Cubs all just trying to win games on a nightly basis so the other one doesn't gain ground on them. And then the Braves and the Phillies, these two young stud teams with all these young Thundercats on them, trying to win a division. And there's no way I would have thought at the beginning of this season that the Braves and the Phillies would be fighting for the division. And this thing's just super exciting watching all these young players play. So this weekend, tune into some baseball. Watch these teams play. Spend all your time on your phone. Get a headache if your wife's going to go shopping or if your husband wants to go shopping and you're the wife that's a huge baseball fan. Bring your phone with you. Make sure it's fully charged and get into some baseball this weekend because the stuff is getting tight. It's getting good and it's getting exciting. This is The Greatest Show on Dirt. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you. Well, we'll probably talk to you tomorrow. You guys have a phenomenal night. Take care.